0: And Welcome to episode 33 of That Was A Hoot,
1: a Rocko's Modern Life recap series that threw me off. (laughs) (laughs) And we
0: are coming to a close. Yeah, it's the end of season Season four, four, which means that after this, there is only one more episode left of the series. Wow. Until there's more. Until there's more, and then we'll come back. But who knows how long that'll be. It took a while for them to get to (laughs) the movie, so... It could, could be, be another it could be another 10 to 20 years. Or episode 35 rolls out. But we'll see what happens. That's right. But for now, let's do season four, episode eleven. Yes. Segment one, put
1: out to pasture. There's an air date of October 9th, 1996. So and uh, this is there's uh, just a, a little bit of a, a these are all aired out of order, the last few. So mm-hmm. like this this segment itself doesn't really matter, but this episode matters super a lot hey they Um, all matter in my eyes that's true they do yeah (laughs) but we'll get into why why this episode matters on the next segment uh the uh what's it called wikipedia summary good gosh uh for this one is that heifer ends up in a coma after eating too much pasture puffies while in a coma rocco filbert and the big heads reminisce about the first time they met heifer
0: so heifer is watching bun master uh which is like a spoof parody of like the the thigh master yeah. machines, yes uh of the nineties,
1: which uh, is like has a a dude that's not in exercise clothes at all, he's like in jeans and like a mm-hmm. flannel shirt, yeah uh that's on his hands and knees with a barbell like a a full on like when you're doing uh like what's bench presses bench press, yeah. yeah, a bench press barbell thingy in his butt cheeks, and he's mm-hmm. pushing each cheek out separately and a one and a two. I we'll tell you, that is how I dress when I work out.
0: Uh, <laughs> so he's watching bun masters when a special news bulletin comes across the TV that eating too many pasture puffies could put you in a coma, but you would have to eat at least a hundred bags a day. Um, at that time, heifer's face fa- uh, falls face first into the ground That's
1: directly. Convenient timing. Mm-hmm. We see heifer in an ambulance with heifer and Rocco uh, with Rocco and Filbert will say, They let Filbert use the defibrillator on Heifer, and we see a flashback of when Heifer and Filbert first met. Filbert was starting a new job as the sample person at a grocery store, and the manager shows him a picture of a guy to be aware of who takes too many samples. It's Heifer.
0: So Filbert's on guard for people taking advantage, but Spot's a familiar-looking cow who he thinks looks trustworthy offers him a sample. It's Heifer, but Heifer is wearing a paper bag with a smiley face on it over his, uh, over his
1: head. Uh,
0: Heifer in disguise comes over, eats a bunch of samples until Filbert cuts him off.
1: We, uh, then Heifer with the bag puts on a wig on top of the bag and takes more samples until Filbert realizes it's the same bag-headed person, but just with a wig on him. Then he is holding the tray of the samples up and away from all the people because he's like, I don't know who to trust. And Heifer appears standing on top of the tray that Heifer or that Filbert is, Filbert is holding above his head and continues to eat the samples.
0: Now, out of the flashback, we're at the hospital and uh, all of his friends are gathered around the, uh, the bed looking at Heifer, and the big heads are there as well. Dove tells the story of when Heifer got Ed sent to the hospital. Ed says uh, it was back when he was known as the handsomest man in O-Town and Heifer
1: was their paper boy. Ed, in this flashback, has the same head shape and wiry hair, but has a very defined jawline and facial details that are very abnormal to the animation style of the show. Uh, I'm sure it's kind of maybe kind of mocking someone. I don't know who, though. Uh, He tries to stop Heifer from throwing the papers at their house uh, since Heifer's already busted out their windows, along with most people in the neighborhood, and there's, like, newspapers in the house. Like, he's throwing them so hard uh, that they just buried themselves in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed jumps to catch the newspaper when Bev walks out with their blender. Brand new blender. They're brand thanking Ed for <laughs> fixing their oversized <laughs> blender, and Ed falls headfirst into the blender, ruining his face. So then and what's just like if his face now at
0: that point in time looks almost exactly like Bev's. Bevs. (laughs) Does that mean that like Bev's face is also ruined to some extent or he just thinks that this is a conventionally ugly face. But even though theirs is pretty similar. (laughs) (laughs) So then Rocco tells the story of whenever he first met uh, Heffer, which is in high school when Heffer got transferred into Rocco and Filbert's shop class. Uh, Rocco volunteers for Heffer to be part of their group. For a potato lamp project, uh, Heffer eats their potato while they are explaining the instructions of how it works. The teacher won't give them another potato and says that the project is due tomorrow. That night, they, break fr- they take a break from their pota- project and eat snacks. Rocco splits up some potato chips, but Heffer ends up eating them all. Filbert gets mad at him for eating all of the chips and ends up stuffing a bunch of the uh, things into Heifer's mouth, which one of them includes a uh, the light bulb from the experiment. The bulb shines insanely bright in Heifer's mouth and they get the idea to stuff Heifer full of potatoes. <laughs> the next morning when the teacher goes around uh, to grade the project, Heifer is sitting in a tub of water with a bulb in his mouth. It doesn't work at first, but then all the lights go <laughs> out in town. <laughs> And the lights coming from Heifer uh, is that is so bright that it blows the roof off of the school completely.
1: (laughs) Back at the hospital. Reminds me of
0: Christmas vacation. Right.
1: Yes. (laughs) Back at the hospital, Heifer says, then what happened? They realize that he's awake again and everyone is happy he's alive, but also mad that he did this to himself with the pasture Puffies. After they leave, he starts to eat more pasture Puffies and Rocco returns to take the bag from him. Uh, The end the end so i love i forgot to mention one of my favorite
0: parts is whenever they are doing the flashback in the school and rocco's kind of eating his but heifers ate all of his really fast but Uh then philbert's not ate a single one counting them and he's counting them and stacking them and then he starts getting ready to like he does a like Uh licking his lips getting ready to put one
1: like right by his mouth he said i have plans for those (laughs) chips uh what's weird is why is this not also philbert's first time meeting heifer I don't know high school (laughs) because it's I I guess I I
0: mean I'm assuming that the the that that maybe whenever he transferred into the school that was like after he was 16 or something like that and then they technically met first whenever he was got his first job at the grocery store so maybe they just met before he got
1: into the school but Filbert acts like he doesn't know who Heifer is at the time of the high school meeting either who knows it's it's I don't know (laughs) It's also I guess in the in the same vein. Maybe, like, he,
0: maybe Heffer or maybe Philbert was like Rocco's probably going to tell that story so I should think of a different I one so we're not telling the same thing.
1: It's very thoughtful of him. It's also kind of like when Heffer or when Filbert worked as the cashier uh at the yeah, kind grocery of want store. Comic, oh, I thought you were talking about the comic. Book oh, store, and right? at the comic book yeah. store. Yeah.
0: Cuz he was there and then it was like they didn't know who yes. had, had Rocco was he at one point Rocco, in time again. Didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was
1: the guy that trains Rocco
0: cuz he got a <laughs> Uh, you got to turn the page and then you wash, wash your hands. hands. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. So it it is a little a little odd. Uh, my question is to you: Do you remember when we first met? Yeah, <laughs> you <laughs> were a baby. <laughs> what what is your earliest memory of me? Of you? Uh huh. Like the one when you were a baby? Like do you do? You, what is your earliest? I didn't thing hold that you, you because I was scared. I was, I was
0: scared of holding babies. Yeah, I un- still am until I had my own, <laughs> <laughs> which was like four years ago now <laughs> and even at that like whenever my brother had his boys i, don't I to was still him. i mean it wasn't i didn't want to touch him i was just scared that something stupid was going to happen and i was like you don't want to be the responsible one yeah for that. yeah yeah I, I was just like you know this kid drops and then gets brain damage yeah. i don't want that to be on me and it's let not. let the kid b- brain damage on your own die
1: yeah and that's <laughs> and it's not like it's not one of those things where it's nobody's getting anything out of holding a baby so it's like why risk it yeah. Why risk it when mm-hmm. like I don't care enough to hold it? Why should we go through this because what if I drop this baby? Yeah. What if I do that? It's not that I don't care enough,
0: it's that I care too much at that point. I you like know what I mean? Angle. Yeah. Like it's like I don't want to risk hurting it because I it is, you yeah. know, it's my nephew or something. I don't I love it. I yeah. don't want it to be hurt. You got points. Or you know like you're like one of my closest friends. Why would I want to hold your kid and risk it dropping yeah. and then you not be my closest friend anymore? Absolutely. You care um, too much your earliest memories probably you know all of our holidays and stuff that we spent up the restaurant or even early days whenever your mom was still working at the restaurant at points in time prior to her yeah yeah, going through school and stuff too Mm -hmm. and you would be up there with me so i mean remember you know playing around on the other side and stuff the where we do the catering and stuff. yeah that was probably the earliest. probably restaurant about
1: yours the same restaurant yeah. yeah You remember, late... me
0: when, you remember me when you were born? I'm going to say no. I was going to say probably <laughs> a little later.
1: But same thing. We were doing the same thing just years. We were years of it. A whole bunch of years. What about episode 11, segment 2, Future Schlock? This is the one. This is, for everyone, keep it score at home. This is the final episode. It's just not aired in the correct date. This is uh, Joe Murray considers this to be the official series finale uh though episode the episode was not uh it uh, Nickelodeon sorry Nickelodeon mixed up the production codes uh, when broadcasting the show and did not put this as the last episode which you could see that segment 1 is definitely a nice like lead up to a finale like mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a nice memory it takes you back it gives yeah. you some origin stories to some to some people and um, then
0: knowing the context especially if going into this you listening to this episode you've seen static cling you know that yes. the context of what happens at the end of this episode ties directly, directly into ties yep. into what happens starting at the beginning of that movie
1: I'm, i am really curious uh to watch static cling now watching this so freshly yeah um to see what lines up about that story versus what is like what is what's the gap mm-hmm. and and what did they connect and what did they choose not to connect because obviously well once we get into it we'll talk about it Uh, the summary on this is 17 years into the future. Filbert's children ask an elderly looking Filbert, the meaning of a banana, which they found in a refrigerator.
0: Uh, so in the future, all the houses are on poles, real tall poles. Uh, Rocco's house is boarded up and we see two of Filbert's kids in the house, looking through things. They find a picture of them as babies with Rocco, Filbert, Heifer, and Hutch, uh, the kids look like Filbert. That look like Filbert. Say that his uh, space Odonotronometer,
1: However, you say that. <laughs> how do you how do you say it? That's the odonatrom- Oh, I forgot already. Odo, odo o, odo- odonatron odonotron- <laughs> Yeah, it's is a getting
0: a reading, and the reading is coming from the fridge.
1: We find out the odotronometer, whatever it is, is just it it. It, it shows it picks when up, there's picks up, like, life sense. forms, like yeah. anything that's yeah. that has any kind of life to it. They open the fridge and find a very old banana. They take the banana to Filbert, who is in a futuristic nursing home. He allows the kids to each ask one question per visit. Uh, one asks how old Filbert is. He says 38, <laughs> which makes sense uh, time wise, but not at how he looks because he looks very old. And the other asks why they wear these outfits. And he says, it's because they're in the future. Uh, then he tells them goodbye before they can ask
0: what they actually came for. Uh, then Shelbert, uh, Philbert's other kid that looks like him walks in and then they talk to him and into asking Philbert a question as well. So Shelbert asks him about the banana in the refrigerator. Philbert says, I've not seen that banana in
1: 17 years. Uh, Filbert, as we just said, didn't age well. Uh, but, uh, because I think he's telling the truth that he is 38. He's not like lying about it because 17 years prior to being 38 would make him 21. And that seems about the age that all these, all of them are uh filbert decides to tell them a story uh and the kid that looks like hutch comes in to listen to the story as well she's kind of got some buns on her ears looks a little princess leia yeah. in the flashback we learn that the other turtle kid is named norbert so we have norbert and shelbert uh but we don't really learn the other two names they're
0: the only ones that are important the birds <laughs> right uh so we see that mr big has brought a top secret space monkey home with him In the flashback. So Rocco's upset about it and gets the idea to save the monkey that night. Uh, He has Heffer get a banana and they break into the garage. Uh, The monkey takes the banana and goes nuts. He breaks out of the cage and steals
1: Ed's car. (laughs) Heffer tosses the suitcase that came with the monkey when they go to chase the monkey down. And a banana bounces out of the suitcase. The monkey crashes into the Congamo building and runs through the halls. Heffer and Rocco chase him down, chase down the monkey while Filbert finds the banana when he's walking down the street. He puts the banana in
0: Rocco's fridge and Ed bursts into the house, wanting to know where the monkey went. Meanwhile, at Conglamo, they chase the monkey into a room where the monkey hits a go button and launches a spaceship, which they happen to be on into
1: space. Future Filbert telling the story then says, I never saw them again. Then in the background, we see the same spaceship landing, and he says, oh, there they are, <laughs> and tells them all to go to the transportator. Heifer, Rocco, Spunky, and the monkey fall out of the rocket uh, alongside a bunch of bananas with legs and mouths. Uh, so they take the shriveled up banana that
0: was in the fridge, put it on a stretcher, the other bananas do, yes, mind you, uh, and ask Madam President if she's okay, uh, which is the shriveled banana. Madam President says uh, the shriveled banana replies that she's fine. They tell the monkey, good work, agent number five. So it appears that the monkey was actually a special agent for the race of banana people and was supposed to be bringing the Madam President back home. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, they think that Ed gave the monkey the banana to trick the monkey uh, and swap the banana president. Uh, so they take Ed back to their planet for punishment. Uh, when really it was Rocco that kind of set that up unknowingly. Rocco and Heffer get Rocco's house back into normal order, and Filbert looks much younger now. He looks like he's the age he probably should be for 17 years later. Yeah, The kids wave by and say they're taking the rocket out, Uh, but uh, Filbert goes, they don't know how to drive, and they end up running the rocket uh, all over the place and through Rocco's house, taking the house, everybody in it, and in the rocket into space the end yeah for now um so question for you is so in this episode bananas are an alien race yeah uh or there's an alien race that looks like bananas Mm. i should say because bananas are still bananas if in our actual world looking at any fruit or vegetable is there any alien race that you think could exist that looks like a fruit or vegetable that exists Um jackfruit jackfruit does look pretty alien you're Yeah, right
0: and it's big you're right yeah if it had like tiny little legs and arms and eyes that would yeah. look that would be pretty cool that's almost like a very rick and morty-esque yes. character <laughs> yes
1: i would say maybe like a what's something that like a carrot because they grow in the ground and they look kind of weird like that like maybe that's that's something which is uh alien-y. a, a non-vegetable that's
0: not too um dragon ball z and dragon ball
1: they got alien carrots
0: no that's uh all of the the race from because they're all aliens like uh goku and vegeta and all of them mm. they're all uh their names are all uh from their actual like home planet are all tied into different vegetables oh. so like goku's real name is Kakarot, which is japanese for carrot, carrot. vegeta vegetable uh, um Raditz is Goku's brother. That's his real given radish. name Radish. So there's like that's like most of the those the race of the Saiyans and stuff are all like named that way. I did not know that. Yeah. I wouldn't, but Yeah. Well, now you do. Yeah, absolutely. You know what else you know is that turkey time. episode twelve, uh segment one is is indeed Turkey Time. Turkey Time. Uh huh. And this came out just in time for Turkey right. Time.
1: It was November twenty third, nineteen ninety six a great day and a great year. Uh, uh, I remember it,
0: this episode like it was just two hours ago.
1: They uh, <laughs> they just, uh, it was the day before Thanksgiving, right? Thanksgiving is not always on the 24th, though. No, it's I not. I made that up. Never mind. No, it's Maybe it's not. the last Thursday of the third, month. Or third Thursday? Fourth? I don't know. Who yeah. knows? Somebody Math's does. hard. Thanksgiving in O-Town and Rocco tries to save the turkeys. Real, uh, just kind of basic plot there. There you go. Rocco and Heffer at Foodorama
0: getting food for Rocco's first Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, not, not his first Thanksgiving dinner, but I'm assuming like the first one he's hosting.
1: I think it's his first Thanksgiving. Ever?
0: I don't understand why. And I don't know what it to say. Well, like, why would it be? I would but assume I, my, part of me was like thinking this is just his first dinner.
1: I think it's his. Well, I think like it's his, hosting wise. I think it's his first time participating in, in Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. According well, Hef- to the way they're selling it.
0: Heffer says that all they need to do now is get a turkey for dinner. Rocco says that he didn't know that they needed to invite a turkey to Thanksgiving dinner and heifer just laughs and says it's tradition
1: (laughs) which is funny because he's fell for this not like two seasons ago with elk yeah so he's just like I wonder if he like is is this heifer cognizant enough to realize that He thinks it's funny because he's like, I've been through this before. I brought an elk home for dinner. Or he's just
0: that much of an idiot. I'm (laughs) going to go with that one.
1: Here go with the other one. Yeah. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, So they get a turkey from Mr. Bighead dressed like a pilgrim from the Conglomo building for the annual turkey giveaway. They take the turkey to Rocco's house and Heffer breaks the news to Rocco that they have to kill the turkey. Rocco says that is disgusting and tells Heffer they aren't going to kill any turkeys. Uh,
0: yet they eat choky chicken all the time, and they see chicken walking around that they're actually sentient and talk to them. Yeah, and then later on, Ed freaks out about the the things being birds, <laughs> and then there are chickens that are talking and walking around. <laughs> Everything is just a whole bunch of mismatched yeah. stuff. Yeah, Ed goes to st- uh to start giving turkeys away when he finds out that all of the turkeys are gone at Rocco's house. He tells Heifer that they have they'll have a veggie bird instead, and that it'll be delicious. A bunch of turkeys start showing up at Rocco's house, and they see on a news report that all of the turkeys in O-Town are missing.
1: Ed shows up at Rocco's house and wants to know what Rocco's plans for Thanksgiving are. He knows Rocco got one of the turkeys this morning, and he wants him to share. Rocco says the turkey ran away, but Ed isn't buying it. He calls Filbert to see if he can find out about a Thanksgiving party at Rocco's, but Filbert doesn't know about a party either. Filbert then calls
0: the Chameleon Brothers, the really, really big men, the head elf, the hammerhead shark who lost his eye that one time, which was the baseball player. Baseball. Yeah, baseball player He gets it thrown through his eyeball socket out the other side. I knew he looked familiar, but I couldn't remember what it was Mm -hmm. from. Uh, So that guy, they call him and a bunch of other familiar faces that we know and love. Uh, None of them know about the party that is happening at Rocco's. So they all call Rocco about the turkey, and he is even on the news about having the only turkey in town and not inviting anyone to the party.
1: Rocco gets angry and decides to have the Thanksgiving party for everyone. The next day, everyone shows up, and the party is hopping. Heifer is the MC, and they have Tom Turkey doing tricks. We see that Rocco is hiding all of the turkeys upstairs.
0: Finally, everyone is eating a giant turkey that they give them to eat. Um, as everybody is leaving out the door, the second floor is starting to sag from the weight of all of the turkeys in Rocco's bedroom. Uh, but the Rocco gets, uh, all of the guests out in time. And as they're walking away, Ed notices the veggie bird wrapper in Rocco's trash can and
1: turns around to confront him as the second floor of Rocco's house caves in. Then we see the group of people holding heifer and Rocco hostage and starting a, starting a big pot for the turkeys to be cooked in. They are going to drop a pina- a piano, a piano, that someone is like kind of hovering and playing. It's almost like a Beethoven-esque person, mm-hmm. but he's just floating there playing. Uh, they're gonna drop that piano on the turkeys. Everyone but Ed looks, uh is looking into the turkeys' eyes and decide they can't kill them. Ed stands where the turkeys were and tells them to drop the rope, smashing Ed instead. Uh Rocco and Heifer then entertain
0: the group of turkeys and have a very beaten-up Ed come out with a back of turkey feed that they go crazy for. Yeah. The- end So happy Thanksgiving, everybody! Dude,
1: who let the turkeys out?
0: Who, who, <laughs>
1: who? What do you mean? Like they were in presumably in the the vat of turkeys that you know when Ed went to look oh, for. Turkeys, I just assumed they just found means to escape. They just escaped. They, they didn't just... really show how yeah. they got out. I like at, at one point I was because I didn't think about where it was going and I don't necessarily remember this episode was. Did Rocco go in and like open the hatch and let him out? But he no. was clueless as well yeah to the whole because
0: they all just started appearing
1: yeah have you ever had veggie turkey
0: no never had veggie turkey
1: i've had i not like a not like a turkey shaped but like lunch meat like veggie meat Mm -hmm. uh that uh that is like turkey Turkey flavored. flavored yeah yeah it's good i don't have any problems with it uh have you ever killed an animal have i ever killed an animal
0: yeah like for sport uh more for food just to do it because i'm a Borderline psycho,
1: <laughs> no, like, not like because I thought like, I killed
0: my dog one.
1: If you were, if you're like, well, I ran over um, like a possum, like, that is no, count. and
0: I wouldn't e- try to eat it either. <laughs> I was like, that would be, but I'm like... sure you could cook it and eat it, and people probably do like oh, yeah. that, but at the same time, I know that they're very gamey, and I do not like gaminess of taste to you things. You don't play no gamies, no, I don't. Uh, if something's too gamey, I, I probably won't eat it, like, yeah. I've heard people say that they think venison is gamey before, and it does not taste gamey at all to me.
1: I don't know, but I've
0: also never like no, I've never killed anything that I turned around and ate. Okay, I murdered a pizza once. Yeah, yeah, nice. Uh, More than once though. Yeah. Oh yeah. What about episode twelve, segment
1: two, floundering fathers? Wow. Yeah. All right. The summary on this one is that Rocco Heffer and Filbert spin tales about who really founded O Town. Uh, there is a note on this episode that despite being Nickelodeon's final episode to air as they saved uh, this for Thanksgiving Day, which makes sense now. So reading this, we know that Future Schlock was supposed to be the series finale, but according to the schedule, maybe they didn't accidentally mix, th- mix things up as much as they were like, it's Thanksgiving. We need, we need these a Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving episode. E- episode. Yeah. yeah. So it, that that takes part of the reason why this episode was swapped with that one. Uh, so at the O Town Founders Day Parade uh, last year,
0: Ed was the Grand Marshal and is put in putting in his vote to be Grand Marshal again this year. At Rocco's, they have made a hamburger float made completely out of hot dogs, uh, but Heifer forgot to turn in the float entry form, and the
1: deadline is today. Heifer says he asked his imaginary friend Ferb to do it, but then admits he just forgot. They speed to the community center, leaving a trail of hot dogs to make it before the deadline by just 10 seconds. However, Ed rejects the submission form because Rocco is a foreigner. Uh, Also, as a side note, Ferb
0: is seen (laughs) also by us. Yes. And I'm assuming Heffer, but maybe not by Filbert and Rocco who are standing right there. They don't make direct eye contact with him there, but he is clearly there and he's almost like a red devil demon looking type thing. He's weird looking, yeah. Uh, so Rocco then makes a speech about how O Town was founded by foreigners. Ed says that his ancestor John Quincy Bighead met with a met with the natives of the land of O Town on O Town Rock to purchase this land for $2.98 in change and a few breath mints. It was 99.3% in swamp land at that time.
1: <laughs> Philbert says there is something about the history that Ed doesn't know. He shows them a video of the first turtles' eggs that were laid underneath O Town Rock. He pulls out that video player
0: like it was from a high like from a high school. Yeah, got it's like got, got like carts. the cart and stuff, yes. and pops in the VHS tape from nowhere.
1: Yes, uh, <laughs> the eggs were laid underneath the O Town Rock, and they were the first O Town turtles. Then Heifer starts to argue, argue that his ancestors, the Heifers, were found were the founders, and they were like Davy Crockett but tougher. <laughs> They wore real live Wolverines on their heads and rode wooden motorcycles. After his ancestors
0: went through the very wild journey, they won the O-Town rock and brought it to the land. In the rock was a carving knife. And it was said that the person who could pull the saw from the rock is the founder of O-Town. So they pulled out the knife uh, and used it to carve the turkey on the first
1: Thanksgiving. Ed says that both of their stories are not very believable. But Heifer says he's taking his rock home as they fight over the rock. It is turned over and we see that the rock was one in an eat out and that there is a turtle nest under it as well. So it validates both of them. But underneath the nest is a wallaby wearing the same shirt as Rocco. They determine that he is actually Rocco's
0: ancestor and Heifer's ancestors pushed the rock over his front door over 200 years ago and that he's been there ever since. He also says that Ed's ancestors shortened the natives' inhabitants by 29 cents. And then the native shows up and says that with interest in inflation, Ed owes them $37,000 and two tons
1: of breath mints. Rocco's ancestor tells the parade committee that they will need to pick a new grand marshal. They elect Rocco, and as they all ride on the hamburger made out of hot dogs in the parade, Rocco's ancestor tells Rocco that there may have been someone there in O-Town even before him. Then we see a prehistoric spunky type dog come out of the hole under the rock and turn the rock back over on its correct side to close the kind of cover up the hole. The end. The end. So um, what I don't know, and this goes not just for this, but for the world. Um, and I don't want to get the too whole political. world. Yeah, the whole world. Uh, and the whole world. Loves it when you don't don't down, down. Uh, but I don't want to get too political. Well, oh, what makes someone a founder of something? Because Democrats, how, Republicans, how are the native inhabitants, not the founders of O-Town? Uh,
0: yeah, right. I mean, I would assume <laughs> that that's that's how it works. If you're like, is it just when you
1: you're the first one to name it? Like, I guess. But what if they had a name? For I'm it assuming
0: O-Town? that the, I mean, they didn't call nobody has called themselves founders until somebody came from one stint of land that was like an empire. Yeah. And they were like, hey. We founded this land, but there's always been somebody else that's lived there. Right, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. whenever the natives went down through the Atlantic under into the Indian Ocean, they found India. They yeah. made them trading partners, but they kind of "quote unquote" founded the land of India there. But the Indians had been there for yeah hundreds of thousands of years. You right know, at that point. So I mean, it's that they're, they're technically the founders. I would assume. I mean, if you're born in raised on the land that means that it's yours and you've been there
1: yeah i would think so and just because i guess yeah i don't know
0: it's- i don't think it really necessarily has anything to do with politics it's just a matter of like a timeline thing we all know that it's a very accurate fact that native americans were in america first before anybody but else they don't ever get the here.
1: credit for they don't... No,
0: because they weren't from a giant empire that they decided <laughs> they were going to try and take over the world. That's exactly what Columbus and everybody was doing at that time. Fair enough. They're like, hey, we're going to put on boat and then whenever we find land, we're going to take it. And if there's somebody else there, we'll kill them and we'll say it's ours. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're, Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, that's that's all there is yes. to it. <laughs> all right. Last episode. Ever? Ever.
0: Forever. What about Bedfellows?
1: I. This is the last episode. Oh, okay. So we're still talking about that? Yeah, that was a plan. <laughs> Are you sure? I th- I think so. I think we've got time. Okay, let's
0: do it. Rocco's Modern Life, Season 4, Episode 13, Segment 1, Bedfellows.
1: <laughs> so Bedfellows is a uh, is a weird one uh, because we've already talked about Bedfellows. It's true. Bedfellows was covered on uh, Season 1, Episode 6. Uh, it was paired with the segment called Leapfrogs, which was also originally a banned episode. We did cover this on our episode three of That Was a Hoot. And uh as far as air dates go, this is where things get a little confusing. Feel sticky. Uh there's a couple of air dates. I don't have a memory of things uh from this time frame. So there's actually two different air dates. I feel as though it's ninety-seven though. So there's there's September eleventh, nineteen ninety-seven, which is almost a year after the last the the previous one cuz that was in 96. Mm-hmm. So that's a giant jump, but then there's also another air date that is stated on the internet of May 20th, 1998 being it. Wow. I think if I were to guess that the 98 version is the version where it is Bedfellows is connected with Wallaby on Wills uh wallaby and wills was otherwise on the uh what is it called the heck episode with Mm -hmm. heifer yeah so i think that these are potentially the dates when they reissued them after they banned the episodes and that's why it's a little wonky so nonetheless we've covered this segment already do they call them like quote unquote lost episodes um no because they were on dvd and they are streaming now so they're
0: not they are now. I meant back then when it was originally airing. If this came out in. Yeah. They were just not in syndication. Whatever. I don't know if they.
1: Yeah. I mean, they were. They had originally aired, so they weren't lost. Uh, but I they did not get syndicated like the rest of the season. So I think they were just. They just ignored them. because like Dashboard they, Confessional. They're not, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. So segment two.
0: Wow. We had time for that segment. <laughs> All right, what about
1: episode 13, segment two, Wallaby on Wheels? All right, so the summary for this is to... Let's impress- wrap this up. That's right. To impress the skater girl he fell uh, for at first sight, Rocco tries his hand at roller skating and ends up skating through the rink's most dangerous obstacle course. Rocco is reading Really, Really
0: Big Man, Beaten by Love, while behind him are the comics Little Eyeball Bone Daddy comics with an X. Fish funnies and zit comics. Uh, Rocco is unimpressed by the really, really big man love story when it wa- when in walks a girl on skates, uh, wa- wanting to be uh, wanting to buy the roller derby women from Planet Twelve. Rocco falls in love instantly and
1: stammers over himself. I most of these comics that are in the background, I don't. They're just kind of dumb names, mm-hmm. but for some reason, little eyeball caught my eye and i was like what would the story of little eyeball be is this just like uh eyeballs before they become full-grown eyeballs are little eyeballs and so there's a family of eyeballs and what would zit comics mean (laughs) i
0: I that's a very broad name for a comic series i think
1: it's just like a teenager story like i I mean it says
0: comics too like it's like a multiple stories it could
1: be teenagers yeah it's yeah yeah uh so Heifer walks in and we discover that the woman's name is Sheila. Sheila. After she leaves, Heifer throws a bucket of water on Rocco to snap him out of it. Rocco says he didn't know Heifer was into skating, which is how he knows Sheila. Heifer says there's a lot of things Rocco doesn't know about what he's into, like kilt tossing, rat curling, and skunk mining. Oh, I love a good skunk mining. <laughs> uh
0: Rocco asks Heifer to introduce her to him, so Heifer takes him down to the Rolodome where they call Heifer the king. Uh, Rocco struggles to skate while Heifer is skating circles around him, literally, um, at one point in time. Sheila shows up, and they announce that the next skate is the Sadie Hawkins-style skate.
1: (laughs) So Sheila asks Rocco to skate with her. Heifer takes Rocco to the bathroom before they go to skate, though, and we see that Heifer has to put Rocco on a fishing line and is holding him up so that Rocco can, quote-unquote, skate next to Sheila. After the skate, they cleared the floor for a special presentation. It's the king, Heifer, and he's putting on a performance.
0: Heifer puts on an extreme performance, but Rocco gets jealous of the attention Sheila is putting on Heifer and asks for the most dangerous trick. Uh, They roll out an obstacle course, and Rocco hesitantly goes down it. He manages to finish the course, but doesn't know how to stop, so he rolls out the doors and down the
1: hill of the o- O-Town, which stops at the O-Town bottomless pits. <laughs> Heifer goes after him to save Rocco, but then Heifer gets knocked out and continues to roll down the street. Rocco uh, borrows a construction worker's jackhammer and rides it to save Heifer. After saving Heifer, Sheila meets them at the bottom of the hill and tells Rocco that he sure knows how to work that jackhammer. Mm. She asks if she, He asks Sheila if she's interested in jackhammering, and she says yes, I want and she wants Rocco to teach her.
0: And know, like that that that's uh, that that reference for the him being a professional jackhammer and like being good at it yes. is like brought back again. Yes. Like one final time.
1: Yes, it is. It is a good part of like, I think, as we know, this isn't the last episode, right. according to things. But it's a good like as we're wrapping things up mm-hmm. for that to be like, hey, let's bring back the jackhammer. Right. <laughs> um, so last but not least. If you were to take a guess on what any of these things are, what would you say kilt tossing is?
0: (sighs) Now I'm torn here because I'm wondering if we're actually just tossing the fabric of like the kilt or or if somebody is, yeah. Or if we're tossing somebody that is wearing said kilt at the same Ah. time, my mind thinks of kilt tossing as in like we put a disc a la like a Frisbee Inside the kilt, you know, like a skirt, like it would just pinch around okay. the thing okay. and you would throw it. So whenever you throw it, the skirt, like the kilt would just like in the breeze, and it would almost be played similar to that of like disc golf.
1: Ah. Uh, I think kilt tossing or so
0: we just toss a bunch of Scottish people around.
1: <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, either discus or shot put is a it was came from Scotland originally. Mm-hmm. And th- both of those involve tossing something. We'll say both of them did. Okay. Why not? And, uh, and they both, with them being from Scotland, would wear a kilt. So, in fact, they are wearing a kilt and tossing things. So, I think it's almost more simplistic than it is, than it seems. And it is just doing shot put. Like, mm-hmm. But just in the traditional sense that you're wearing a kilt while you're doing shot put. Right. <laughs> what about rat curling? Now
0: that is the same as standard curling. Just I'm curling just with a rat. Just with a rat. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: hope so. Yeah. That's what I was hoping that'd be for. fun
0: to watch. That that's almost like something that we would actually see in like our ah, Real Monsters. Yes. If we yeah. ever did like a watch series for it yeah. or something. We'll watch them like playing outside in the frozen thing and they're actually like curling with rats yes. doing the little broom thing. And then skunk binding. Skunk binding? Mining. 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 I forgot yes. what it was already. It's
1: got uh skunk mining. You know, I don't know what that would be. I've got an idea you do so uh when there there's a there's a chemical that was originally like i don't I don't think it's still this way, but there's a a chemical in the anal gland of a beaver that, that makes vanilla makes the vanilla right mm-hmm. so we know that what is there in the anal gland of a skunk besides the stinky thing? ooh, that's where like we get caramel from. We get caramel from that, so that skunk mining. Is but it, gotta... com-
0: it comes out as caramel, like it looks like, it looks like, and tastes like
1: caramel, like syrup. You've got to mine the gland. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's a good way to go out. <laughs> gland mining, <laughs> mining is a
0: very dangerous thing.
1: This has been an IFNZ production. Yeah.